This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider. Yeah, it's that bowl break period. It's the... It is the uh, early signing period for football, but basketball games ongoing, and the action is about to pick back up for the Maze and Blue. No, there was a little bit of a like a week hiatus in between games, and then they came back and played Lipscomb, which we'll break down. We'll also be previewing the big-time matchup with North Carolina, and my pleasure to do with my guy, my man, my big fella, Michigan's big fella in the early 80s. He went on uh, from a standout career at Michigan to be a first-round draft pick in the NBA for a decade before becoming one of the best color commentators in the land, whether you're talking about college basketball or the Pistons, who we talk somewhat about as well. None other than my guy, Tim McCormick. Timmy Mack, how you doing? Great, Sam. How are you doing? Doing outstanding. I was hoping to buy, find some time to get my, my Christmas shopping done. It just never stops these days, Tim. I, I would just wait till January. <laughs> right. Get sales. Everybody will be excited by the by bigger presents. So, yeah, I, I would wait. Right, we got a lot to dig into uh, in this edition of of the Basketball Insider. I would uh, implore those of you who like this podcast to rate it, to review it, to tell all your friends about it. And that's whether it's on the the podcast channels, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or iTunes, or any of those, or YouTube, where you can like the video, subscribe to the channel. That way you'll get a notification anytime we do a new episode. But Tim, uh, you see Lipscomb on the schedule. Say Lipscomb. That's that's just you know you're gonna mop the floor with them, but here's the issue: we talk about a team in Michigan that clearly is a work in progress defensively, to say the least, right? Uh, versus a very disciplined offensive scheme team, threes, back cuts. It's a recipe for them playing Michigan a little tighter than a lot of folks expected. In this case, it was a lot tighter than many folks expected. I agree. I um. I really enjoyed the game. Um, it was very competitive. And first off, it's it's a really bad spot on the schedule. Uh, you've got an emotional Virginia game. You travel to London. What do you do there? You sightsee and you buy souvenirs and you take pictures and your time clock is all messed up because of the time zones. Strange environment. You lose to a blue blood in which you played hard and did a good job. Then you basically travel right to Minnesota with a connection in Ann Arbor for a little bit. I thought that was a gutsy win versus a really bad team. You travel home, you take finals, and then all of a sudden it's eerie on campus, Sam. I, I mean, I remember it well. All the students are gone. You've got an empty campus. It's Christmas, and the games are so difficult at that point. Um, I, I know that you always look for an energy bump from your crowd. And when you're young and you're, you're kind of getting homesick, you miss your family, you miss your traditional Christmas, you're sitting there in your dorm room, and Lipscomb is a hard team for Michigan to cover. They play pick and roll, they back cut you to death, they can make threes, they spread you out, 
Um, you know, they're, they're pretty darn good. They, they pushed Notre Dame right to the end. And so more than anything, we, we learned a lot about Michigan's team. Their defense has got to improve. Um, you know, Doug need, needs to pressure the ball because that's the best thing he does. But he also now needs to conserve energy. Um, Jets' defense is going to be questioned all year. Kobe Bufkin is your go-to guy on the perimeter, he and Jet. But he's also your top perimeter defender. You need him to take their best score. And, oh, yeah, you, you need to be the backup point guard and learn a position that you've never even played before. So I, I just I think there's a lot of question marks about this team and the future. I agree. Uh, you know, I was definitely looking at their uh, – at their coverage in the backcourt, especially that's where it all starts. Uh, and that has been the Achilles heel for this team all season long. And I tried to sort of temper my expectation for Doug in this contest, because you're asking him to fight through screens, but you're also trying to, you're trying to look at his energy as well. Uh, and, and, and he played what, 33, 34 minutes in the contest. So I, I was trying to keep that in mind, but it was a tough cover for, for them I mean like you said they can hit threes you get out and step on their toes on a three-point line next thing you know they're going by you to the basket right it's just one of those deals where it was a learning experience for this team but the thing that I said before the season going over to the glass half full part of it was for for Michigan to be a good team you know Hunter is a given he's a game in game out you know what you're going to get I felt like Jet was going to be a go-to guy he's showing more and more game in and game out, that he's very comfortable in that role, in that skin. He's getting more efficient, right? Driving to the rim. He's just a highlight reel. But they're going to need Kobe to be a guy, too. You need Jet and Kobe to be guys on the wing for this team to be good. And we've seen gradually here over the last couple of weeks, Tim, him sort of be in that space. I'm not saying he's arrived, but he's looking more like I expected him to look coming in and I think he maybe he's making you feel a little better about his jump shot lately. Yeah, and think about what you just said, Sam. You know, you're you're talking about a, a team that a program that since 2011 has been to the NCAA tournament every single year except 2015. Um, I should say every time that there's been a tournament because that didn't happen in 2020. Um, and a program that very few can say this has been to the Sweet 16 five straight times. And you just mentioned three guys as being the keys. Hunter's not a key. He's just flat out the best big man in the Big Ten. So mm-hmm. he's, he, we know what we're going to get from him. You talked about three guys that are really in their first year playing at this level. And, and they give me a lot to really like. Kobe keeps getting better eight for nine four out of five from three 22 points his defense is good he takes big shots he's a future star i i i'm extremely impressed um doug is doing a really good job at 510 sam you can relate to this he went in there and grabbed eight rebounds he, he <laughs> that was a big, like yeah, that's a big stat hey and that's down it. the stretch he had like six of eight points in like the final couple of minutes when it was a still a tight game Doug made some big plays and they had a runner, had a mid-range shot, right? Yeah, no, he was great. That was the best rebounding on the team. Um, Three to one assists, competes on defense. But I will say this, he needs to try to score the whole game. He had seven points 
at, at the, the, like the four minute mark to go in the game. He needs seven points in both halves. He's capable of that. And I thought that he was deferring and he wasn't quite as aggressive. Doug, go shoot. I know you like to shoot. Go create. We want you to do that. And then Jet is a pro. Um, mm-hmm. he, he may be the best shooter in the Big Ten. Uh, just, he just looks like an NBA player the way he moves, the way he carries himself. He's a lot better player than Caleb Houston. And I was looking at Jet's last, you know, seven or eight games. I wrote down some of the numbers here. Um, 17, 12, 13, 19, 15, 16, 14, 19. That's last eight games against defenses that are very focused on stopping him. That's, I mean, those are, those are pro numbers and he's going to get better. Yeah. What I like is, and we talked a little bit about it in the last episode, his aggression to the rim. Uh, and it, it's not just aggression born of, you know, reckless closeouts. Like he is, le- he is legit taking guys off the bounce and, and it's instinctive. I mean, think about, I mean, he gets a ball in transition. Someone swipes at the ball. He goes behind his back and then dunk. I was like, man, and that, that's just a, a reaction. That dude is he—he's—he's he's thinking levels above as a driver now too. That is exciting to see. Yeah, you know, you—you you wonder how quickly a guy is not just going to invite that moment of being a guy, but be able to execute it. A lot of guys want the shot, can't make it. This dude wants the shot and is making plays yeah. for just for Michigan. That, that is so huge. So beautiful huge. shooter. And to take your one point one step further, if Doug or Kobe or Jet have a bad game in the Big Ten, Michigan will lose. Mm. They just they just don't have enough options. They're getting nothing out of the power forward spot. Um, I'm confident that Hunter is not going to get foul trouble. You know, he he's gonna put up his numbers. But but um Joey Baker, Joey Baker's a great kid, not not a good kid, a great kid, and and he has been exposed in a big way. You know, when he played at Duke, he was playing with with NBA players with lottery picks, and the success that he had, and it wasn't a lot throughout his career, but you know, it's based on the fact he's a great shooter. There's no doubt about it. Nobody leaves that guy, and he's not able to create off the off the bounce. He's not he's not a plus defender, uh, so. You know, I just I don't see him having a big role moving forward once we get into the Big Ten, and I feel bad saying that, but I mean, we I've got I've got a lot of lot of you know kind of disappointing thoughts about what may happen to this team this year, and and it's not just Joey. There's there's a lot of guys that 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 maybe are in over their head. You know, I'm I guess I'm a little I, I'm I wonder from a scheme standpoint. Of, of giving him more minutes with, with Hunter, whether that would, you know, I don't know what the splits are for, for him, how, how often he gets minutes on the floor with Hunter, but I wonder if that would automatically create some opportunities for him because teams are going to have to double Hunter Dickinson. Uh, you know, what I really liked in this game, you know, you want to see him be more fluid with moves to his left shoulder, and we saw that. Uh, in this game, almost catching Lipscomb by surprise. I know we see, we've seen it before, but it just seemed like he didn't have to think about it. Like he didn't have to think about the move; he just made it. The more he does that, the more he can give you a two-way go. The the more of a load that he is is the best big man in the Big Ten. You got to double that guy, and it just seems like that's a recipe 
for Joy Baker to get to get yeah. some looks. He he won't get open looks without Hunter on the floor, but right. I think that would seem to be the reason to get him on the floor more with Hunter. So so here are a couple concerns. I would say that there's ten teams in the Big Ten that that don't have to double Hunter. Yeah. But like they're they're willing to say, you know what, go ahead, you, you you go over the top of our big guy. You're probably going to have twenty or twenty four. You know you're gonna you're gonna play well, but the rest of the guys can't create off their own. Jet can a little bit. He's getting better, but I I just don't. I think that the ten Big Ten teams um, will say we're okay. And then the other part of it is if if you're um if you're on the weak side and you're waiting for somebody to get you the ball and you, you can't create, it, it reminds me a lot of my freshman year. I was so frustrated because I just I wasn't athletic enough, I wasn't confident enough. Um, I was playing guys that that were bigger and stronger and they knew my game. Scouting reports are rough, and the Big Ten is the best coach league, I'm convinced, in all of college basketball. Um, I just don't see anybody leaving Joey Baker. I, I really don't. Yeah, that's a that's bad news for the bench. I was just remarking on my uh, show this morning, you know, figuring out where the bench production is going to come from uh, is, is a tough deal for them. Where, where does production come off the bench? Is counting on Joey Baker – to do that, they're still auditioning the you know between uh, Yusuf Hyatt and uh, Yusuf Hyatt and, and Isaiah Barnes, still auditioning those two. They got equal minutes in this game, just trying to find some. Jace gives them some quality minutes, but what can you point to that you can get consistently from the bench right now, Tim? That's a problem. So, for him as well. I'm so glad that you brought up Jace because out of all those guys. He brings something that's unique. He's a really good defender. And, and so I think, I think Jace Howard deserves more minutes. And it shocks me now because I've seen him knock down threes. I never threes, thought right? that would happen. Right. Shoot some with yeah. confidence without hesitation, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I, – and I would give Yusef a good run too. So those are the two guys I would look at right now. Talk to me about – Big young big fella, uh, Terrace Reed, really struggling at the free throw line, Tim. Like, like really, really bad. And and you know he didn't he didn't come in with the with the reputation as a bad. He wasn't a great free throw shooter, but he didn't come in as a reputation as with the reputation as a really bad one. And it's been really bad for him so far. Every one of his free throws hits the back of the rim. He's very consistent. I mean, it's the same spot. I I would I would. I would get a little bit um, out of the box. I've never seen anybody do this, but I've seen him shoot 15-foot jumpers, and his jump shot looks good. I think he gets paralyzed thinking about technique and form. His shot's a little bit flat. If he got a little bit more arc, that would help. I'd say, Terrace, toss the ball to yourself, spin it back, take a couple dribbles, go between your legs, go behind your whatever you have to do, just get nice and loose, and just rise up and shoot a jumper. Um, or you could do a little Wilt Chamberlain, take half a step back. Like all of his free throws, watch him. Every free throw hits the back of the rim. So, you know, just try something different with him because those are the kind of things that sometime can linger, and it's really hard to break that. Yeah, that's why I asked the question because you don't want it to be – I mean, it's been – that has been really consistent, his struggles at the free throw line. And if, if it lingers much longer, I, you can see that being in his head the whole season. 
Yeah. And can right, you play so. him? Can you play, can you play in big minutes? And there's going to come a time where Hunter will get into foul trouble. You know, maybe Hunter gets, you know, he, he gets need in the thigh and he's got to miss a game on the road at Maryland. Like you're going to need that guy. And, and if he's not going up to finish with authority because he's afraid he might get fouled. And that's a big part of it too. If you're, if you're, you know, three of your last 15 free throws and you've got the, you don't want to go to the line because it's embarrassing. It hurts your feelings. So I, I think that can affect the way that, that he plays the game. He's very important and he does a lot of good things. He, he's going to be a good player, but he's got to, he's got to get through that. Yeah, so Tim, man, they might need him in this next game. I mean, Hunter's done a great job of staying out of foul trouble, so I, I don't anticipate that being the thing. But, man, you're going to be taxed. You'll be working against another really, really good big fella, another big-time matchup against Baycott. And so kind of preview this one for me. This is kind of hey, that other primetime matchup. Hey, be- before we go there, can I can I make a couple big man comments? Sure. Yeah, I, I want to hit North Carolina hard, but um, Sam – Hunter Dickinson needs the ball more. He needs it. I, I was sitting on my couch yelling, throw him the ball. Um, because if he doesn't get doubled and, and a team like Lipscomb's going to have to double him more than, you know, than, than Illinois will. But if you can get Hunter the ball, you're playing four on three on the weak side. You've got advantage basketball. And, and that's their best offense is to get him the ball. Off the top of your head, how many shots did he get? Ten. Yeah, nine. That's not enough. He only took two free throws. You know how many assists he had? Zero. Uh, he had zero assists. That that's 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 not good enough. Um, if if Hunter would get the ball, just a touch, even at the top of the key, if he got the ball, one of every other possession. Michigan is up by 12 to 15 points the entire game. There's never a run. Okay. Just get him the ball. And also, Terrence Williams needs to stop being a role player. Okay. He he's the power forward. There's no Brandon Johns. There's no Musa. There's no Caleb. There, there's nobody else that's going to take his minutes if he plays well. Okay. He's getting 25 minutes every single game. He's got to try to be a double double guy. And, and he did a pretty good job against Lipscomb on the offensive glass. That helped. But he, has got, he can't be one of those guys that's kind of sitting out there just waiting for it to come to him. He's got to be, um, you know, kind of the outlier guy, especially against North Carolina. What, so what do you do if you aren't getting that from him? If you're not getting it from Terrence? Yeah. I, I would be really clear and just say, you're our guy. You've got to make plays. We want you to shoot the ball. We want you to try to get to the offensive boards. We want you to run harder in transition. Don't be an afterthought. And if you are, then we're going to talk to Yousef and see if he wants to play a little bit. You know? Yeah. You know, your point about Hunter is one that I remember making earlier, and it's only a few games into the season. It's like, hey, man, you know, remember who your best player is. Make sure he gets touches. But as we've gotten deeper, you know, Jet has gotten better. He's gotten more more efficient. Right now, you know, is he is he 16 shot efficient? Uh, that cuz cuz where where are the shots going to come from? Mm-hmm. The, the extra touches that you want want to get Hunter who's shooting less 
to get Hunter more touches. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying, who are we saying, hey, you know what? You need to be looking inside more. You telling Jet you need to be looking inside more, Jet? Because uh, he, he took 16 shots. I'm, I just pulled up the, the box score here. Who Who is is taking away some of the offensive attention from, from Hunter that needs to be there? I, I would take a shot away from Doug, from Terrence. I'd take a shot away from Jet. I take a shot away from Doug. I take two shots away from the bench. Like everybody's going to give up a little bit. Give yeah. because if you do that, Hunter gets fifteen shots, and Jets got fifteen shots, and and now all of a sudden your right guys are shooting. Um, and I don't I don't think Kobe has to be a high volume shooter. I mean, he had nine shots and had twenty four points or whatever the number was. That he he's he's doing well. Yeah. All right, we can talk Carolina now. All right, so this is what you circled on the calendar, uh, circled on the schedule before the season. You circled Kentucky because you wanted to see Hunter versus Shrebe, and you circled North Carolina. You wanted to see Hunter versus Baycott. The first one lived up to the billing. Michigan came up just a little short. Do-over now against a team in North Carolina who had been struggling a little bit. I think they had lost four straight at one point, came back and won the last three, including a victory over Ohio State. What do you see when you look at the Tar Heels? So, first of all, I do not see Michigan winning. Do you, do you agree with that? Right now, I wouldn't pick them to win. No, I think the defense is too lax, especially on the road. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. It'd be tough to say they they would defend well enough to win this game. Yeah, I um, I I don't I don't see them winning. It's a great opportunity versus a powerful NCAA resume um, building team on the road. Crazy environment. Here's the story. Okay, you you can you can tell everybody you know this. Forget about pick and roll defense and drop coverage with Hunter. Um, don't worry about three point contests; that, that won't matter. Don't worry about Baycott versus Hunter Dickinson. This is all about transition defense. That's it. North Carolina rebounds well; they run well. They're going to try to score eighty five points. Um, they're they've got a lot of. A lot of good pieces. Baycott's going to score 20, and he's probably going to neutralize Hunter Dickinson pretty well. Um, this is all about can you get back in the paint and keep their like their athletic, speedy wings and guards. That Remember, they have no depth. Against Ohio State, take a guess on how many points they had off their bench. Uh, well, since you said that, yeah. <laughs> very few. What, 10? Three. Three points? All right. They've got no bench. And they play so darn fast. Um, there's, there's kind of a, it's, it's a kind of a surprising fact. Like you'd think they've got no depth, so they want to slow it down. Actually, it's the opposite. If you, if you want to try to conserve energy, run. Because when you're playing transit, you just run up and down. You're running straight. And when you're in half court, you're banging with guys. You're making super hard cuts. You're, you know, you're you're getting knocked off stride. So North Carolina is going to want to play up and down. And when they played North Carolina, I know, I mean, they played against Ohio State. That game went to 89 points. And Ohio State's a pretty good defensive team. Um, and I like R.J. Davis. I like Caleb Love um, and Baycott. If you put those three together, they scored 71 points against Ohio State. Just those three. So this is this is going to be a really, really tough battle. 
How's Pete Nance look for for them? I didn't get a chance to see the Ohio State game. How's he, he um so so he hit the game the the game extending shot. You know they were down two, and he made just I mean it was a pro play, and he's he's kind of like you know he's got sort of a similar role as Brady Manick, who played at Oklahoma and was a real key for them last year. Um, I I I didn't like him very much at the top one hundred camp. Um, but he's turned out to be a much better player. And um, Sam, one thing I wanted to ask you, and I, I think this is really a tough time of the year to do that, but when you think about Michigan, do they play in the NCAA tournament this year? Man, that's a tough question to answer this time of year. Uh, if if you were asking me about what this team is right now and if they – if they don't get better defensively, there's no way. There's no way they play in the NCAA tournament. I'm holding out hope that as you get guys used to their their new roles, Dougie is is learning, right? Uh, you got all these guys playing it more uh, more important roles on the team. They got to play longer. You got to you got to play without fouling too, right? That's a big deal. Hunter had to learn that. These young guys have to learn have to learn how to do that as well. You know, you kind of saw that be a little bit of an issue at times against Lipscomb with guys in the backcourt, you know, just not being able to guard without fouling. So these are are things that I think you can grow into. They aren't the physical limitations. I think also kind of pick and roll defense. You know what, what you know where Hunter is with that, but I was watching some of the guard play on that in, in pick and roll defense, and that left some things to, to be desired. So these are all things that I'm hoping over time can get better. If they do, they have a legit chance. The other piece is you got to see consistency from Kobe. I'm conv- You know Hunter's going to be there, like you said, like I said, like we said. I feel like Jet definitely is going to give you – he's going to give you volume. He's going to give you efficiency most of the time. You need a third guy. You need a third guy. I I believe that's Kobe, but I can't sit here and say based on a couple of weeks that it's definitely going to be him. He's got to show that kind of consistency over the course of the season. If they improve defensively and if Kobe can be consistent as the third guy, they can be a a tournament team. But can you predict that right now and say those things will definitely happen? No, you can't predict that right now. Yeah, I I agree with your assessment. And I, I really don't want to predict because I don't want to take away from their potential to to grow and improve. But if, if we're talking numbers, they're probably going to go into the Big Ten at seven and four with no you know, high quality NCAA right. wins that you're looking for. OK, um, last year, Michigan was 11 and nine in the Big Ten and. They were tied for seventh, and they squeezed into the NCAA tournament, had a nice Sweet 16 run. Um, I think Michigan, if, if that in fact is true, will probably need to go 12 and 8 in the Big Ten this year. And, and do I feel good about that? Well, they were a better team last year because they had Eli and Devontae Jones and Musa and Caleb. Like that's, that's a, lot of, a lot of experience slash talent. Um, they they lost two guys that had played a lot of college basketball in the backcourt, and they had two guys that were draft picks. Uh, right now, ESPN is saying Michigan's an NIT team. You know, if you look at their bracketology, 
and 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 also i i was looking at the big 10 like the teams i like the teams i've seen and i i think a question is you know is michigan a top 10 team in the big 10 right now um i could make the argument they are but somebody could easily probably make the argument that they're not so there's there's a lot there's a lot to watch I love the fact that there's a lot of storylines that I have no idea how they're going to materialize, but, but right now there's, there's a lot going on that, that, um, you know, Michigan's got to improve on. Yeah. I, I just like that. You have a couple of, a couple of wings with star power. Uh, one that it is flashing for a lot quicker than a lot of folks expected in jet. I mean, I think he's that dude. And if yep. you can get more, if you can get more of that from, from Kobe, I, I think there is talented, uh, you know, as you're going to see, as, as far as just pure talent, I'm setting aside production, but pure talent, I think those guys, Michigan's wing duo, um, I think they're up there with anyone. And, yeah. and so, can, but can they do that night in and night out? That that really is contingent upon Kobe remains to be seen. Um, here's the thing, Tim. Let's, you, you said it was unfair to ask, are they a tournament team? I'm going to ask you an unfair question. Okay. This same team comes back next year, and then and then you add George Washington and Papa Conte to the mix. So now you got an experienced Kobe, you got an experienced Jet, you got an experienced Dougie. With you know who knows what they're going to do in the portal, but at least George Washington is a is a combo guard that can give you some minutes there uh, as a youngster. How do you feel about that team? And I guess the better question to start would be. How do you feel about these two freshmen that the Wolverines have committed and signed? Yeah. yeah, good question. And I've been unfair to you, so why would I think you would be unfair <laughs> to me? Uh, yeah, I, and I agree that that um, I think Juwan has learned something about roster management this year, and next year uh, he will hit the portal and get another point guard. Maybe Jalen comes back. I'd love to see him get a chance to play again because I think he had a lot of upside we haven't seen. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. So, so George Washington, I, I, I'm really excited to see him. He was at the top 100 camp and he was without question, one of my favorite players, uh, not just as, as a basketball player, but just a really good person, uh, great handshake, excellent eye contact, big smile, loves the game. Just, you know, I mean, how, how many kids today are super friendly, you know, they, they ask you, ask you great questions. They listen to your answer and ask a follow-up question. They want extra help. 
Like he's that guy. So he's a very good communicator. I don't know his family, but they, I, I can tell you that they're, they're rock solid. Yeah, um, six, two combo guard, maybe more of a shooting guard. If I was looking for a comparison, I mean, you saw him. Do you see some Eli Brooks? Eli, exactly who I see. Yeah, yeah versatile, smart, mature, basketball family, um, you know, and a great, great shooter. I, I think he needs to be more creative with the ball and develop his one-on-one game. But with Juwan's offense, it, it's not that hard. Like the ball movement should be really good. And to be able to catch it and shoot it, or catch it and put it on the floor twice and make a play. That that's that's what I see. Um, sometimes in AAU, a guy doesn't get a chance to really um, create a lot because there's so much transition ball. Uh, I think he's with All Ohio Red, which is a really good program. Um, he's probably not going to get a chance to play a lot of point guard. He, he's probably with a really good point guard, so he stays out there and shoots. And I, I thought. I thought this summer that he was uh, a pretty good athlete, but not necessarily like occasionally Eli made, made some plays where you thought, wow, this guy, he's got, he's got some hops. Um, I don't think that George really has that, but did Eli had that coming in though. Did he have hops like that coming in? I don't in, know. Did Maybe Sandman, did Sandman, did, did Sandman make somebody jump. I, I don't know. I, I would be impressed. But I I like him a lot. I know his high school team. We we keep in touch a little bit. His high school team's undefeated, and they're number one in the state. Um, you know, we've talked a few times, and he's 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 a special kid. All right, and then so Papa Conte, who we went out to see a couple of times uh, this summer. I think people, um, I don't know where the Musa comparison came from, but position wise, and they they both uh, hail from from overseas. But beyond that. Uh, you know, different kinds of of post guys. You know, Musa was a run, jump, Uber athlete. That's not that's not Papa, but Papa, Papa is a very determined defender, like high energy, high motor guy on the defensive end. What I saw with a, a, a developing offensive game. Sam, I um I first I'll have to say I've never seen Papa Conte play in person. Um I'm I'm like like a lot of experts where we just go on and watch a video, a tape that's 15 minutes long and he shoots a hundred percent from the field. Um, And, and, you know, I, I think that Musa Diabate is a much, much better prospect. Mm -hmm. Um, Papa 610 long arms runs. Well, doesn't look to me like he's a great leaper. Um, and I, I didn't see much rim protection either, but once again, maybe whoever made his video didn't highlight that. Um, I, I also, I didn't see a lot of perimeter game. Um, there were a couple of times where I, I thought his shot looks pretty good, but I, I, I also thought he's raw with his back to the basket, but who better than Juwan Howard to mold him? He looks like a five. And if he's, your backup center for two or three years as he develops behind Terrace Reed. I think that's a great fit. That, that, that to me is a, a good thing. I, I don't see him being a guy that comes in and you think, wow, he's, he's ready to go. Like I, he's got some work to do and he's coming to a place where he doesn't have to be the star. 
Yeah, three or four year guy. Not a super leaper. Uh, can block shots, but that's not uh, that's not his his forte defensively. What I like about Papa is he moves his feet really well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he to be as as long as he is. Uh, you know, he was a pretty switchable defender. Um, not not to the point where you're you're gonna say, "Hey, man, every opponent we're gonna switch everything with Papa on the floor." Uh, but he he's a guy that can hedge and recover. He's a guy that if you want him to, you know, maybe not a lightning quick point guard, but can he can he carry a guy to the to the rim on a switch? I saw him do that several times. So hmm. a big fella who should be a good pick and roll defender. Uh, who is very active uh, under the rim? So he's not a, a super leaper, but a help defender. He is. Uh, he is. He is quite adept at, at doing that. And offensively, I think you nailed it, Tim. I mean, rudimentary post skills. That's a work in progress. That's farther along than his perimeter game, where it was just this past year, where his, his coaches started encouraging him to shoot threes. So I'd be interested to see how how that's developed over the, how that will develop over the course of his senior season. Because really, it was last summer where his AAU coach, who was now uh, on Penny Hardaway's staff at uh, at Memphis, where he was telling him, "Hey, Papa, we want you to kind of like beef stew, right? We want you to start shooting threes, Isaiah Stewart, right?" So uh, that was kind of the same thing with with Papa Conte. Hey, Papa, you know there are going to be some opportunities for you on the perimeter. We want you to to take threes. We want you to obviously practice them. Uh, but we want you to take them in games if they're open. And saw him, um, you know, take them with, with confidence. Didn't make that many, but made a few. Uh, and hopefully that continues to be something, a part of his game that grows uh, in the coming years. It'd be great if he had John Beeline around to, with the Beeline ball, right? Help, like he helped Beef Stew. But uh, it's, it's something that I anticipate them encouraging when he gets here in practice. And then if he shows he can hit him in practice, then Juwan and the company will let him shoot him in game. Yeah, I don't I don't see very many big men that become good shooters after being non-shooters. Isaiah Stewart's one of the best. I mean, I think that that Hunter Dickinson has really become a good outside shooter. I mean, that that was just that I I was sitting on the couch and when he made that three against Lipscomb, I stood up and I clapped. I just I I thought, I mean, that's a that's a clutch shot. Well, that I mean, was one of the things in serious danger. Yeah, well, it was one of the things that Papa mentioned during his recruitment because it was, you know, he had Maryland, uh, Michigan. I'm trying to remember all the schools. He had some big timers on him. And one of the things that he liked about Michigan was, hey, they let Hunter shoot threes, right? <laughs> not not yeah. to the point where, you know, he's taking five or six a game, but, you know, he's not getting pulled out. He's not getting yanked off the floor if he takes one. Now, yeah. now, young fella, you won't be able to do that as a freshman. You're going to have to earn that, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. like Hunter did. But eventually, when you show in practice that you you deserve to take that shot, Juwan the company will let you take it. And so that was something that he really liked about watching. watching so, so Sam, tell me what I'm um, moving forward for Michigan over the next three months. What what is the the scholarship situation? What is the recruiting plan? I, I know that they've got to be thinking point guard or combo guard. You know, do they wait for? For somebody, can they sign a third high school player or? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, a couple of things here. I, we talked about this a little bit in passing when you asked me the question about Jalen Llewellyn. Do you ask Jalen Llewellyn back? They could. 
They could ask Jalen Llewellyn back. But if it's me, I like I told you before, I, I got an eye on the portal. I got an eye on the portal looking for uh, looking for point guard help that you, you could tell legitimately, hey, I can't guarantee you a starting spot, but you can come in and compete for one. It'd be hard to go out and get the caliber of point guard I think they're going to want if he's definitely a backup. So I'm I'm going out there recruiting with the opportunity to compete for the starting role, knowing that either way you're going to get heavy minutes. And I'm, I just, I know you said we haven't seen everything from Jalen Llewellyn, and I agree with that. But I, I just think from a defensive standpoint, I would at least look in the portal to see if if there was if there was something available that I could feel like would be more of a presence for me on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. So that's what and I think you, they're going to do. You know your stuff, Sam. If you say it, I believe it. Well, I mean, they they were, look, that, that spot was Isaiah Colliers. They they recruited a couple of other guys uh, there along the way as well, but it wound up being Isaiah Collier. They missed on him. You always keep the radar open for a, a guy who emerges as a senior. I mean, Eli Brooks was like that. Um, you think back to the guy Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman was like that, right? So they they found some guys that developed late. Karis Levert was like that. He was one of those late guys that you got as a as an emerging senior that they took from Ohio. So it could be that. It could be that way. That that down the stretch there's a senior that really emerges. But if I had to gamble, just like I said before, I would bet on them going to grab another guy in the portal. And I think that's how they're gonna round out this class. So all right. We'll see. Good stuff. Good stuff, Sam. All right, Tim. Well, look, man, this is this will be our last show, uh, you know, before Christmas. And so it is always a blast, my friend, a, a true pleasure to sit down and talk Michigan basketball with you. And it'll be all basketball here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully we can see this team go on the on the ascent. Because I'm, I'm used to having really, really great and fun shows where there's not a lot of – not a lot of negatives to talk about based on how things went with football. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed, hoping that the basketball guy smile on Michigan and we see some, you know, some real, some real development here uh, past the, uh, past the holiday break. And we see these guys really turn the corner. We can hope, right? We're spoiled. There's no doubt about it. We're spoiled here with Michigan basketball. So have, have an incredible, um, fantastic Christmas with your family. I, I count you as one of my closest friends, Sam, you're the best. Likewise, Tim, feel the same way about you. And to all of you, like I always say, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, tell all your friends about it. And of course, if you like it on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel. That way, every time we do another one, you'll get a notification. Thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.